What's going on? My name is Brandon with Lux Lighting. I'm here with uh, the Jungle Boys, Roach, and uh, Ivan. What's up, guys? What up? What up? What up? So I know you know we kind of been working the last 12 months on the new spectrums and multiple rooms. Lots of uh, learned a lot through it, but that's why we kind of want to bring this podcast up. Um, but first, I kind of was really interested in how. I personally don't know the story, but Roach, how did you get involved with Jungle Boys, and what does that story look like? Oh, where do I start? So, I met Ivan about seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago now, uh, at TLC in Los Angeles, uh, the old location on 23rd Street. I was uh, I was doing some extractions back in the day, you know, when BHO was a really big popular thing, and uh, I had gone in there actually as a vendor, and I had met Ivan and spoke to him, and I met Juice and spoke to them both, and uh, you know, kind of just started vending some of our products to him, and then uh, it kind of turned into, hey, you know, we're gonna do this cannabis cup. This was when High Times Cannabis Cup was still around, and it was a big deal, uh, and I decided to come down for it, you know, I think they had kind of thought I was just going to come down and party and, you know, chill and smoke and shit, and uh, I just got behind the line and started serving weed <laughs> right away. That's the story I heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Trapping. Yeah. Just tra- straight hustling. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a really fun, that was a really fun trip, and you know, I mean, you see a line of 100 people, 200 people at the booth and, you know, everyone there serving is struggling to like, you know, put a dent in the line. I'm like, dude, I'm hopping on this line. I'm going to start serving some weed. And uh, I think at the end of the night after we were like kind of breaking down everything or it might have actually been the end of the weekend, breaking everything down and kind of, you know, setting everything up to get in the truck and go home. He was like, I think him and Juice were like, yo, anytime you want a job, you always got a job with us, bro. You're you're a savage. So I kind of, you know, took that into account. I'm like, all right, cool. I think a month or two later, I moved down from Mammoth and was living in L.A. working for working for TLC in the packaging department. <laughs> trapping. Trapping. You call it trapping. You know, you have, I mean, you have two main departments where, where people start off. And that's what I really um, admired about you guys. Uh, when there's, you can't, you don't really hire cultivators, you know, I mean, you hire trappers and you hire trimmers, right? And then they go up through the ranks. And work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we call them trappers, but a trapper is basically anybody that does packaging, trimming, all the stuff that nobody really likes to do when they first start. You know, everyone thinks they're going to be a lead grower or, you know, the man. So just like Roach when he showed up that day and was like, hey, I'm, I'm here to work, you know, thinking, you know, he was going to be a bud tender or working in the grow. Like, nah, bro, you got to start in the trap. You know, that's where everyone starts out. So he ended up, he, he didn't like it at first. He was, he was a little like, pissed. Yeah, I got to go to the trap, bro. <laughs> I thought I was going to be lead grower around here, you know. So threw him in the trap and like anything, you know, when, when we need help in the jungle, we always go up to the trap and say, hey, who's ready to work? Yeah. You know, the first guy that raises his hand, that's the guy that we want. You know, the guy that's hiding in the corner, we don't want that guy staying in the trap, you know? So, yeah, that's, that's how it all started. 
How I know. Uh, I mean, we got Juice, we got X, we got Roach. How do these names, like, how do these names come to fruition? Like, where did you get? So I I remember first time when I met you, I'm like Roach, like. What a weird name. But now I'm like, yeah, that's Roach. Like, you know, no big deal. Like, it's like normal, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, you yeah. too. I mean, yeah. all of I didn't us. like the name when I first got yeah, it. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like, that's Roach. <laughs> yeah. But like, you tell stuck. other people yeah. and they're like, Roach? Like, yeah. what, how did you, where did it come from? Like, why did you, why do you have that name? So, another funny name, Nasty. Uh, Nate, Nasty, Nasty Nate. Uh, you know, was like, that's Roach. I think it's from... Friday after next, it's the only white guy in the movie, bro. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only white guy in the movie. Who broke my skateboard? That dude, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of stuck. It stuck really good. Um, yeah, I didn't like it at first, but uh, hey, bro, I introduced myself Juice, as Rose. Juice is famous for, for naming people. Juice and Nasty yeah. are famous for naming people. Everyone gets a nickname, you know? There's some funny ones, you know, Scooter, you know, there, there, there's a lot of funny nicknames around here. You yeah. Know? There's the Kirkland boys, because they all used to work at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> what is some, you got some other ones? Man, there's a ton of there's them. There's a ton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, there's people that have been, it's, it's Squishy. Up. There's people that have been working for us for years. And when they say their real name, I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, who are you talking about? They're like, oh, Squishy. You know, I'm like, that's his name? <laughs> that's a trip. That's yeah. so sick. Um, you know, we uh, we had worked a lot together on designing and uh, the DE1000 originally, right? You know, I came to your office uh, four or five years ago with a double-ended light and, you know, kind of started off and we wanted to make a... a a double-ended fixture that was designed by you guys really um and roach had a huge you know part in that and uh, we all came together it took us what about a year and a half to make the de 1000 what it is today and um i'm i mean we i believe we made the best double-ended fixture on the market you know um now when it got into leds we're seeing a different transition because LEDs, there's a lot more that goes into it. Diodes, color, spectrum, you know, board configuration, all these things that are changing. And we were not prepared for that, right? I mean, we knew what, what we wanted, but to make and design a DE fixture to an LED, you're talking about completely different ball games. So we, you know, we brought on probably one, you know, one of the best guys in the world for for you know Morgan Patterson, a PhD in in you know uh, LED technology and and an electrical engineer, um, somebody on the squad that that could help perform that, and then bringing them together with you guys, um, I think is is the winning combination, right? I mean, we have the guys that are touching the plant for the last 15, 20 years to a guy that's been heading up the charge on LED technology for 15 plus years. And now we go into um, the testing aspect of it um, firsthand. And it was fun. You know, the last 12 months have been a lot of fun. Uh, what was the biggest impacts that, that you've seen through that using LEDs and compared to HPS? I mean, it's a pretty big learning curve, right? Um, 
definitely way different than HPS fixture in, like you said, uh, development of it and actual uh, application of it, right? So, I mean, I think so. right off the bat, what we noticed was um, the waterings, the irrigations on the plant. Um, you know, since the heat load isn't so much in the room uh, as it was with HPS in LED, you know, you're, you're irrigating these plants 30 to 50% less than you would on an HPS. I think one of our first runs, we tried to kind of treat it like it was an HPS fixture and we got slapped. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of that moisture monitoring and, uh, you know, crop steering kind of really ties into it a lot more. Um, and then just the fact that the plants are being given such a higher amount of light, higher PPFD, you can feed them higher. So it's like you're watering them less, but at a higher EC. So this was all kind of stuff that we needed to kind of take into consideration with all this. Um, you know, I think some of the mechanical aspects of it, like uh, AC calculations are going to be less, right? With like a HPS, we're running about like a 0.5 to 0.6 tons per light. Uh, and then I think with these, these LEDs, you can get down to like a 0.3, which is huge when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, a thousand light facility, you know, um, you know, potentially taking it down to 350 tons from five to 600 tons of AC. But to counteract that, you have, uh, you have a higher relative humidity in that room right so you know we've kind of always with these hps lights in the first week or two you know we're rarely ever able to get it up to like you know where we wanted it to be like a 65 70 percent humidity in those first like week or two now it's like we're having to run a dehu in like the first week or two because it's getting above that mm -hmm. so just a completely different fixture you know um it's been really fun and uh, interesting to see all the differences it, between the two because, you know, I mean, just like a lot of people, we've been running HPS, you know, for almost our whole careers. I mean, you know, we played around with a little bit of the CMH, right? Um, you know, but HPS has kind of been king in our, uh, in our industry for as long as I think anyone can remember, right? For sure. So... Have you seen a significant increase in, in, uh, in quality or, or anything like that while, while using LEDs or are you seeing pretty si similar? So right off the bat, like when we were seeing the exact same quality that we were getting, uh, from HPS fixtures, we were stoked, right? If we can, if we can achieve the same thing we can with the led pulling less power um less irrigations less water as hps i mean i was stoked right one thing we did notice or a few things that we noticed right you do see a little bit less stretch in the plant um going into flower right about like five to five to fifteen percent less stretch you know you're not going to get those really reachy plants where they're kind of just won't stop stretching. So I actually kind of thought that was a benefit. Um, and then the colors from the plants, they, you know, these purple uh, genetics that, 
you know, sometimes you really had to adjust, you know, the climate in that room, whether it's, you know, cooling down the room excessively, um, or flush, starting flush a little bit early to have those colors come out. We're really seeing these purples come out like beginning of week seven, like they're already starting to purple up without really even having to change a whole bunch in the, in the environment. Do you think that's because you're able to get the rooms cold, cooler with the LEDs, or do you think spectrum? I think it's, it's spectrum. I think it's just the, yeah, the spectrum and the PPFD, right? Like you're just pushing so much more light onto these plants than HPS. I think what like the average on like a 645 is what like what PPFD? It's like, uh, about 1100. Yeah, on yeah. average, and like the yeah. average on an HPS light yeah, is like what, like what a eight? Yeah, you know yeah. so. Um, huge difference yeah huge difference yeah massive yeah i mean you're kind of seeing um you know new lights come out with hps form factors that you know are are creating similar ppfd with less watts um but you're just not able to get it close to the canopy because the the uh, energy spread. isn't spread yeah you know yeah on climate um, what, what are you guys running like beginning weeks and then mid weeks and then in weeks? Like I know, you know, beginning weeks, your, your higher humidity, higher temps, right? Yep. And For like the first three weeks. What do you, what are those, num- what are those numbers? I know people I mean, want to know. It's kind of like a range, right? I mean, anywhere from like 65 to 75% humidity, um, for the first, you know, two, three weeks is perfectly fine, ideal. Um, and then like 77 to, or 76 to 81-ish for the first two, three weeks is totally acceptable. Veg as well. Um, after that, you know, drop down to 74, 77, you know. Mid-flower. Yeah, like 60%, humi- 50 to 60% humidity. And then that kind of gets run through the whole run uh and then last few weeks dropped down the temperatures to like 70 73 ish you know finish off the last two weeks yeah 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 almost kind of mimicking what's happening outside when these plants are growing right now on the ec values are you going higher on led are you going about the same on your drybacks and your ec values and whatnot so in a lot of the first runs that we were doing we were keeping it the same um and looking at all the data from the substrate ECs and the water contents and stuff, I, I we weren't really seeing like a rise like we usually would with the HPS because you're not able to stack as many waterings because you're not doing as many waterings, right? Yeah. So the only really way to combat that would be to raise the, AC, the ECs on that. And that's kind of what we're doing now. Uh, we're pushing three plus, like three and a half um, with some of these large leds that we're kind of testing right now i'm gonna start feeding them around a four i think feeding a four yeah possibly at the dripper yeah yeah and then so what are you looking at in your cube your your what are you topping out ec with an led and you're trying to get it up to like at least like a seven ec in the first like three four five weeks three four five weeks seven ec and then dropping back down when you're getting closer yeah yeah we're always cautious right about telling growers about the ec thing right yeah Yeah. um we don't want to cause anybody to have an issue i mean like i like to tell people we're in the big leagues right we're hitting 100 mile an hour fastballs all day long you know um we do this for a living all day every day 
Um, so when you start telling someone, because I get hit up all the time, hey, what EC do you guys run? What EC do you guys run? And it's like I always tell people, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you have to know the substrate. You have to know the genetics. You have to know your drybacks. You have to know all that stuff. So when we share what we're doing, like Roach said, we always start on the lower end and we always work our way up, you know. Um, but you're definitely going to find that sweet spot when you start working with LEDs and that sweet spot for us. You know, when we talk about a 3, 3.5, 4 EC, we don't want everyone to go out there and start feeding their plants a 4 EC. Yeah. Right? Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Please. <laughs> you know, and some people might do that and have great results, right? Because they're right there and they're within the range and they didn't realize that that 4 EC is where they needed to be. But there's also like that, that veg EC and that early flower EC, that mid flower EC, that's very, very important that you're monitoring the substrate to know what you're stacking inside that cube right because if that cube is an 8 ec and you're feeding a four and then you go and read something online about all these crazy drybacks and all this stacking and all this everything you know and then you go and do some crazy dryback and you walk in your room and you're like holy shit i just fried all my plants yeah. you know that's what we don't want to happen for people and we we obviously want to share everything we do because that's what we've always done right we've always been an open book but we also don't want someone to go out there and do something that hurts their crop, right? We want to see everyone succeed and, and do good, but we're just sharing what we have found in our facility with our temperatures and our humidities and the fixtures that we're running, that that three to 3.5 and four EC is perfect for what we're doing. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's many growers that are gonna have the same thing that find the same thing, but we just don't want, you know, someone that's growing with a single LED, you know, 10 lights or something like that and they don't have the same temperature and humidity and they're mo not monitoring their block to go and give a 5ec or something you know the well, best advice i'd give those guys would be to not overwater. don't water it like you would water an hps fixture start with that water uh lo lower water content in the cube uh not necessarily lower water content but just not as frequently less irrigating it. less yeah 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 less so like waters. on an hps we may have gotten up to like a 12 or 14 times per day on an HPS. In an LED, we're like maybe pushing eight or 10. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, back to, back to EC value. I mean, guys using a random nine bottle nutrient system. I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, we want to talk about balance in the root zone. I mean, if you're going to be hitting that seven EC they got to have a balanced formulation in the root zone. For sure. I mean, that's number one. Balanced right? and clean, not a bunch of organics in there building up over time, throwing yeah. out the pH, you know. It's a big deal, right, when you're when you're irrigating these plants and you're giving them a bunch of stuff. I mean, we, we at one time we ran a 16-bottle nutrient line. You know, it was literally 16 different bottles that we were giving to our plants, right? And when you talk to the guy and you asked him, why, how did you guys come up with all this stuff? They said, we were mixing it until the pH was right. <laughs> you know so at the end of the day yeah. a lot of these mixtures people come up with is because they're trying to balance the ph right well uh, we figured all that sh stuff out with athena so so at the end of the day you don't need to do all that stuff right it's clean it's simple stick to the basics of what we developed and don't add anything that's what i tell people all the time i mean if you want to add something you can play around with it as a foliar you know i tell people all the time they're like what else do you use what else do you do they say listen if you want to play with something hit it with the foliar yeah. you know most of the time the foliar is going to be much better anyways right 
So yeah, th I think that's the, that's the biggest advice that we give to people. You know, is don't add anything to the Athena line, especially if you're you're trying new stuff. Stick to the basics. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can look at it as if you're going to add something, not not all the time, but you would add EC value. If you if you're not getting what you see, if you're seeing if you think you're seeing a CalMag deficiency, increase EC. Don't add CalMag, you know, or don't add something <clears throat> that you think. And that's the thing with the balance line. These numbers that we're talking about, the 7 EC, the feed 3 EC, the f possibly feed 4 EC, but, you know, caution again, you know, caution with it. This is with Athena. This is with a balanced nutrient yeah. line. It's not with your, your nine part, you no. know, system, whatever no. brand that is. And probably we should probably make that pretty clear that this is very balanced. This is how you're getting to these high EC numbers. It's with a balanced line. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't add anything to Athena. You know, people ask us all the time. It's like, you, you, we, I give tours all the time to different growers and, you know, people hit me up. Hey, I'm an LA, come down and see the spot, you know, come down and do a walkthrough. You know, these are other big growers that are interested in switching to Athena and Lux. And I walk them right up and I say, look, this is what we're using. You'll see the bags next to the mixing station, walk through our whole entire facility. We don't add anything to the Athena line. Where's the secret bottle, bro? Yeah, we don't we don't have it. <laughs> we know yeah. you got it back there, yeah. bro. Don't lie to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Don't lie to us. Um, I kind of want to go over the experience you had working with Morgan. I mean, there's so two different dynamics, right? Yeah. I mean, where we come from, you know, the street, like just growing in garage basements, garages, and bedrooms, to like having this crazy PhD dude, like designing and manufacturing custom spectrums that nobody's ever ran before. Like, what was your experience? Like, what did you guys do with him? Like, what was the, what did you guys do at the, at the factory with him on, on spectrum analysis, genetics, the, the whole rundown? Let, let me jump in here real quick. Cause th this is from, there's two parts of it, right? There's someone who owns the grow facilities and has all of my money invested in this. And then there's the, the grower who, who has a passion for the plant and loves everything about this industry right and you always hear about these guys that are you know designing all these new light fixtures and doing all this cool stuff but they don't have the facilities right so we were always the guys tinkering with everything coming up with new stuff but we never knew really why this all this stuff worked and what was behind it and the design behind it we just knew that we wanted a better box right so we kind of said let's throw away the box and let's design something from that no one's ever done before right so bringing in someone like morgan and bringing someone in like roach who are way way smarter than me right me being the grower saying let's think outside the box let's start f from the very beginning forget what everyone else has done right we know that cmh works well for some genetics we know that hps does really good we know that this mh blue bulb and veg kills it Right, but that MH blue wall, people throw in their flower room to get a little bit of mixed spectrum inside there, but it's not true mixed spectrum because you got a HPS light next to it. What if we could design the perfect light and the perfect spectrum and have a scientist that actually knows what he's talking about tell us, start here, right? No one's ever done this before because no one has had access. You know, we have nine facilities in, in, in LA, right? So we can take a room at each facility or two rooms or five rooms, whatever we want to do, right? And say, 
dedicate this room to this spectrum, dedicate this room to this spectrum, and all while doing different genetics and different strains and all that stuff, and basically you, you forget everything that you've ever been told, right? That red is bad for a plant and plants want a certain amount of red, they want green, you need UV, you don't need UV, it's this type of UV, it's not that, that type of UV, you did this wrong, this guy has it figured out, oh, we've been doing it forever. Start from the beginning and let Roach and Morgan talk every single day and yourself talk every single day and let me as a grower and Roach as a grower have at it, right? Bring all of our genetics, all the different cuts, all the different strains, all the different seeds and put them under these different light spectrums. It's really fucking exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. We, we we had some bad runs, right? We had some stuff happen. Learned but, some lessons. Yeah, but we knew that we were in the right direction, right? So when you go and you hang up a bunch of lights in a room and you bleach the whole entire room, you're like, fuck, this sucks, right? I just lost a bunch of money. How are we going to recover from this, you know? But we knew that at the end of it, we were going to do something that had never been done before. Because who else take, take, took hundreds of genetics under all these different spectrums and kept sending it to the lab and sending it to the scientists and sending it to the turps and we knew that we were going in the right direction. We just needed to figure out what was the perfect spectrum for these plants. And I think uh, doing all the cool time-lapse videos that we did and all the data and all the testing and having you guys come and measure every single point, every single week you're not talking this is a run you're talking over a whole entire year right i think it's really cool what we did and yeah. i think i'm i think it's one of the projects that we're most proud of because it's like our baby now right because it's like we put all this money and all this time and all this work into it and it's like okay now we get to see our baby go shine you know we get to give it to other growers and say when another grower comes out with a light and says this is the perfect spectrum how did you come up with that that was the perfect spectrum Right. Did you throw hundreds of genetics underneath it under every different lighting combination there is and diode and color and everything? And did you actually read all the data points and send it to the lab and all that stuff? Because we did that. You know, and it took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money behind it. But I think uh, once this light fixture drops, people are going to see that the time behind it will show in the end product of what we've created for sure. What did you see, Roach, when you when you were doing that? We saw a lot of stuff, right? Just like Ivan said, you know. I mean, we saw, you know, some not-so-great things, like the bleaching, you know, with uh, too high of a percentage of red, um, which was, you know, what we determined was the cause of it. Uh, and then being able to scale back certain things, um, you know. I think originally we were going for a better spectrum for flower, Right. And I think in the in the uh, in all these tests, you know, in the veg and flower, I think uh, the first kind of conclusion we came to was we found a better fucking spectrum for veg first, you know, and it yeah. kind of surprised us a little bit, like, oh shit, look at these fucking plants next to the MH plants, next to this spectrum, next to this spectrum. I think we ran what like nine, ten different spectrums, like that we actually like ran, ran. We went through dozens but we like narrowed it down to like nine, right? And then we're running like hundreds of strains under this. And 
Morgan, you know, he knows... Morgan is way smarter than anybody in this room right now. Like, you know, I just know how the plants are affected. I know, you know, uh, I can kind of keep track of stuff like that. He's the one that pulls in, like, the inverse square law, you know, the, the different diodes and the different drivers and all this, all this other shit that is not my specialty, right? I just know the effects that whatever we're putting these plants under are having an effect on the plants. So I think uh, it, it, it's been really cool to work with him because I've learned so much from him. Obviously, he's, he's you know, when it comes to lighting, he's a genius. Um, and I think that kind of dynamic between us was cool because I'd hit him up, you know, like, what up, dude, you know? Hey, hey, Roach, you know, what's going on? I'm like, what's up, bro? This is what's going on this spectrum's fucking up shit, like, whatever, right, and he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, you know, we'd figure it out together, all, all of us, right, and, uh, you know, the last, the first few couple, you know, couple, two, three months of testing all this shit, I was like, fuck, I don't know, this is tough, bro, you I know? don't know, bro, yeah, <laughs> what'd I, you get me into, yeah, yeah, especially caught. him, you know, so, uh, you know, but now where we're at and what we've seen and the extensive testing that we've done, I'm like, oh shit, this is fucking some sick shit. You know, um, I was, yeah, this is rough. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the good thing about it is, is right, is none of that flour ever makes it to the shelf, right? It's still better than 95% of the shit that's out there, right? Maybe it has some bleaching of the tips or whatever. We just send it to extraction, you know? Yeah um we're able to do that you know but the cool thing about it was is when we were seeing these crazy terpene and thc numbers right where we're like holy shit right when you is break right when you like, break every send it again yeah of course you know because we're the same you know we're the same way too right labs testing all that stuff right and we hold the 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 labs accountable all the time you know we tell them all the time like is this fucking bullshit you know because if it's bullshit we don't want it right and when we see all of our HPS numbers that we've done on terpene content and THC and you open that bag and you smell it and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? And what was it grown with? And what light was it under? You know, and you start seeing all this stuff growing under these LEDs and you start seeing these, all these records get broken. You know you're going in the right direction, you know? You know that everything you're doing is, is for the better, right? So I think that when, when you can say, hey, you've seen a 10, 15, 20, 30, 40% increase, you know, when people give you these numbers, I get hit up all the time, you know, like, oh, I got this product that will increase such and such by 50%. And I always hit them right back, 50%. Like, you have to be fucking, like, did you realize the claim that you're making? You know, so it's really cool that we were able to see it and keep keep on that path and to know that, we we found something special you know yeah. it's really cool yeah no i remember seeing those numbers on <clears throat> on the test analysis and roach calling just like yo like look at this i'm just like what the what the fuck is that like yeah. you know it's it's a trip and you know we're we're kind of we're readjusting what we're thinking about lighting and and what we're doing on our current flower lights you know yeah we we honed in the veg i think we we found the spectrum for sure across no the board about it. No two spectrums yeah 
we found it across the board, two spectrums that, that we're going to be coming out with for veg. Um, there's nothing like it on the market. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty insane when you, when you're dropping something that's never been released before on spectrum and that the human eye is still able to work in inside the grow room and it's not affecting the human eye on, on a lot of, uh, a lot of other stuff that we see. So, um, going into like the flower work that we did on the increase and what we're changing on our, our current model. So, you know, we have the 645 and now we're going to be dropping the 860. Um, we're going to do, we're switching those models. We're, we're not changing the design because I think the design is beautiful. It's, it's a great design. Um, and you're seeing that the spread energy across a large surface area on those fixtures, but increasing and making the RX version of those, um, what, what do you expect to see out in the market on increase across the board with the RX compared to the old 645 spectrum? I mean, what do you, what do you think, what do you think we're going to see? You know, cause we are, you already tested it, right? We test, we know what red light does, right? But, uh, what do you think that uh, people are going to see with the, the new RX versions of the flower bar, the flower lights? I mean, right off the bat, you're going to see a higher PPFD. It's a given, right? Um, and we all know what happens when you increase the PPFD, right? You get higher terpenes, you get higher uh, THC percentages. Um, you know, it's, I think I think what we're doing with the RX is it's going to be pretty big game changer as far as you know taking uh taking a spectrum that has already done so well for a lot of people and making it better yeah i want to know it's funny i see people dropping new light fixtures and i immediately look at the spectrum i'm like damn they got it wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. because we spent so much time it's like our whole entire life with last year it was like the whole covid thing hit and we were all kind of in lockdown we still had to go to work every day and it was like this was our project that we were working on when you know the world was ending if you if you turned on the tv you know and we were just in these grow rooms figuring out all these spectrums and now when i look at us it's immediately I'll, I'll roach what spectrum is that you know like what do you think about this you know and it's like knowing the direction that these plants need to go in and knowing the difference it makes with getting the spectrum right and you know we're, we're leaving out a big part is all this new technology we've been working on too, right? Because with the new light comes new technology that's never been seen before and never been done before, right? So it's like we have a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. And I think that the first one with the veg light and the the bigger bar that hold, that does a six-foot wide bench, really cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, going into the 860, you're seeing there's a lot of four foot um footprint footprints that are pushing five right i mean you're taking a four foot footprint and you're pushing it to five but you're not seeing a lot of five foot footprints push to six you know and that's kind of what we're doing with the 860 you know we're increasing watts but instead of increasing watts and hanging the light high above the canopy where you're going to lose efficiency the inverse square law, right? Um, we're spreading that energy across the canopy, which is giving the cultivator the ability to lower the fixture closer to the canopy, 
where you're getting increased PPFD, but not only that, increased heat to the leaf surface temp. Um, because you, we all know that LEDs run cooler, and when you're putting an LED three to four foot above the canopy, that heat's going to be a lot less than it is on an HPS. And, I mean, your thoughts on leaf surface temperature, and, I mean, do you have you seen a big decrease on leaf surface temperature going from HPS? Obviously you have, but what do you think that, how that affects the plant? I mean, that you're seeing it in drybacks as well, right? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the plant's not perspiring as much, right? Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think uh, that goes back to, you know, environment and, you know, running those warmer temperatures early on in, in LED, when you're running LEDs, right? Because you, you can't think of it as, you know, your normal HPS room is always hot, right? If your air condition fails, and you don't have a safety switch it's going to fry all your plants right we've had it happen before right with all these new controllers that shut off the lights when the temperature gets warm and all that stuff with led it's completely a different mindset you know you're basically like in some of these rooms it's half the heat load you know so you actually we actually have to instead of you know turning down our ac in early flower we're turning up our ac you know because we want the rooms to get actually warmer you know, so it's it's like like we were talking about earlier. It's definitely changing the mindset of the grower. You know, teaching teaching an old dog new tricks. You know. Yeah, yeah. Adjusting the way, adjusting the way that we grow. No, cool. You know, it'd be cool to go off topic a little bit and kind of talk about, I guess, a little bit about what's going on in Florida. I know you guys are working hard out there, and what's the plans? Like, where do you, what do you guys got coming up? I mean, what are you working on right now? And how many lights? I mean, where is it? Yeah, so I mean, it's coming up. I mean, guys are out there right now. Uh, construction crews out there. They've already trenched everything out, put in all our floor drainage. Um, you know, we're we're aiming to have the facility uh, fully operational by uh, January first. So we'll have twelve seventy-eight light rooms with like a three hundred and sixty-five light veg and moths um all led so nice yeah it'll be yeah 420 2022 in florida is going to be popping we're coming we're coming correct you know um hopefully we'll be able to get some flour to the shelf before that because obviously we're going to stage our rooms you know we got a couple rooms that are coming up first but it's really cool it's our first all led facility you know design designed by us right um with you know our growers and our tech and our sops you know it's really cool we're excited about it florida's you know obviously completely vertically integrated so you can't it's very interesting you can't buy flour off of other growers so whatever you grow you have to sell inside of your own stores unless you have like a failed crop or something then you can reach out to someone and say hey i had a crop failure can i buy your stuff off you but but the market is so wide open you know um that there really isn't that you know so currently right now a lot of th everything that's being grown is either outdoor or you know some sort of you know depths under shade or something you know and in florida i mean it's hot it's humid it fucking rains a lot yeah you know it's like the worst weather ever to grow outdoors you know so to bring you know a real high-tech jungle boy facility to florida 
is really exciting you know to put those flowers on the shelf and show what we can do out there you know i think we're really excited about it and we're really looking to expand uh, we have 40 acres that we purchased in homestead uh, whether or not we build out you know a huge facility there we're looking at a couple other facilities but right now our, our focus is you know tighten up tighten up in la you want to wait real quick no no okay. you can yeah. yeah tighten up in la get the most efficiencies out of everything and you know uh we're, we're taking down a lot of these de rooms and and hanging these leds and as crazy as it sounds because i was the biggest led hater there was at one yeah. at one point right you know we ran leds you know 10 years ago seven years ago you know eight years ago you know uh we ran spectrum kings we ran fluence you know we ran all that stuff when they first started out you know and we just felt at that time it just the technology wasn't there we weren't seeing the results you know um we tried you know we tried we tried to make them work so i always went back to hating on leds you know so it's crazy to be the, the guy that always hated on leds to be the guy now that's like this is it right here that's well that's that's designing and making and custom spectrums and coming out with shit that nobody's ever done before you yeah. know like now you're that guy yeah you know yeah yeah, it's it's the uh, complete 180 for sure. For sure, <laughs> you know. So it's gonna be cool. Uh, designed, you know, completely designed by you guys, but also completely new lights designed by you guys, with a nutrient program designed by you guys and formulated by you guys, a veg bar and veg system designed by you guys. I, is there any other growers doing this? I don't think. I mean. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. anybody's crazy enough to do all this shit, to be honest <laughs> <Yeah>. with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, um, I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, it's a big uh, deal to be sitting here with you guys and, and having this conversation. I think it uh, goes in from your grassroots where you've always been there to, to support and show growers, you know, you know, how to get it done and, and what you're doing and be an open book, you know, because um that's where you guys started from and now i really appreciate it thanks for coming on thanks thanks for having us cool